Lane and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. It's hour two of the Tuesday show. How you doing out there? Coach Max going to join us in 20 minutes or so. So we'll get everything going with Coach Mack mm-hmm. talking all things Tennessee Titans. A uh, little bit of stuff. Lucas was talking about Urban Meyer, and there's there's some stuff out there on Twitter. Lucas read the uh, uh, the quote from Shad Khan, who's his owner. And I can tell you, last thing the owner of a football team wants to be doing is addressing like his coach with a inappropriate video with a young lady. Uh, it, it, Blaine pointed this out earlier. They owe this guy a lot of money. I mean, the last thing they want to do is just fire him right now because then you owe him all the money because everybody's thing is always fire him, cut him, right. trade him. <laughs> it, it's, it, this, we live in, the, in a business world, though. You, it's not, you can't just fire, cut, right. or trade everybody all the time. Right. Well, you're trying to find some <laughs> – some more, stuff, some, some you know, build up a combination of things, and in his contract, if he has some, you know, more clause in there that you can kind of navigate through and and uh, use as negotiating point in, you know, in uh, if you're going to re- release him, because a lot of people think that he's going to get released. Yeah, I'm like, man, I would, man, I'd give him one more shot. I think that's what Shad Khan was really saying. With all right, we had a conversation; it was private, but this is it. He didn't say that, but that's. Hey, one more thing, and then that, that's, enough is enough. Because he's invested a lot in him, and, um, you know, he's beloved in Florida, too, by the way. So, yeah, that string only lasts so long if you're not winning. Uh, and it's early. Yeah, we're only four games in, so I want to see where it goes from here and see how his team, you know, plays versus the Titans. Titans are coming off a loss. You know they're going to be fired up, competitive nature of a professional athlete. And uh, so we'll see them losing a close one. Are they gaining confidence? You know, from uh, losing to the was it the Bengals? Bengals, and they had they were up fourteen to nothing. The Bengals just came out and ran it down their throat second in the half. second half. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a different game. They they've had they've got some talent and they got a lot of upside here. And they, you're just afraid that they're they'll continue to gain confidence and grow and get better every game because they will because it's a young team, not as young as the Jets, which is the youngest. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's an AFC South, you know, opponent. So you gotta gotta take this one down. I don't care where it's at. And they don't want none of the king. So we're going to get the king rest and relaxed. And, uh, yeah, where's the king from? Last time I checked, it was uh, somewhere right down there in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, he'll be happy to see his family. He always puts on a show for the fam. And they always walk out there with a win, I hope. Hey, man, y'all could have had me. Y'all could have had me. I could have played at home. I'm going to make you regret this. I'm going to run it right down your throat all day. And then when I get past you, I'm going to run past you. And then you can't catch me. Yeah, and, that's, and trust me, players think like, especially a guy that was high profile, you know, as he was, and then he he made, he made it to the second round. Second I mean, round. <laughs> I'm going to the Hall of Fame. I was the second round draft pick. I'm I'm even more mad right now. Well, I'm not going to go as far as you and everybody else talking about Hall of Fame. There's still a lot of a lot of work to get done there, but potentially on the upside, he's definitely on that track. You just never know with with the running back and the way they're they're running them. You know, you know, just at some point you say, okay, uh, are we going to, you know, move forward without him or not, yeah. even if he's still doing really well? Uh, he seems like he's a cyborg and he's not from here. <laughs> it's a, this planet, yeah. But no one has done that uh, the way he's doing it. Uh, and no one looks like him either, by the way, uh, with his size-speed ratio. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say let's keep it moving, but let's try to gradually – Slow this thing down. Hopefully, I'm hearing Darrington Evans possibly could be practicing tomorrow. I think I heard that from Vrabel kind of reading between the lines. He did not say that, but just kind of say he mentioned his name. And so that means there's a possibility. Yes. Uh, So uh, 
and, and, and McNichols has done well, but at least give him some blows on those first, second downs so he can be in there every opportunity he can on third and three or less. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and some of you have seen so little of Darrington Evans. You, some, Who Titans, is that guy? Right, right Titans fans are like, I, I mean, great, but what what can he even do? Just this guy, has he has that other gear. He was literally a receiver in college. You can do so many different no, things with no. him. He was a receiver initially. He went he there, running back. Yes, and then uh, went there as a receiver, then became a running mm-hmm. back. But uh, is a guy you can do a lot of different things with. Maybe he yes. could help with the kickoff returns that they're struggling with. All those mm-hmm. kind of things. Yeah. He just has a, a bunch of, of skill sets, and a lot of those skill sets are he's fast for sure. Uh, um, Anthony Midget, the Titans' defensive coaches, spoke today, and in, in scouring everything that happened. Uh, Caleb Farley still not healthy. So anybody holding your breath about Caleb Farley, I would say don't don't hold your breath. He mentioned him. He's you know working on things mentally. Still not healthy. He said. Uh-huh. What, what, he he said he was working on things mentally. It, well, I'm just paraphrasing here that he was engaged and involved, and they were throwing as much as oh. they can at him. But he's just not healthy enough to go right. Right. Still, it's about a physical. I don't give a crap about it. you. You can learn that on on the fly. Right. <laughs> so he can't. He can't practice. So they're throwing a lot at him, but still not healthy per his coach. Uh, Anthony Midget said this: uh, Elijah Molden's time will come. I'm I'm just kind of paraphrasing every bit of this that I could find. Basically, he said that his time will come. He's working to get better. Uh, Teron Davenport, I think, had tweeted this. Midget says he has complete confidence. And Molden and feels he will help them win football games. I, TD was the one who had the quote. I would say that's BS. If you had complete confidence in him, he would have not played zero snaps on defense when you needed a slot cornerback on Sunday. Right when Chris Jackson went down. Right, yeah. and then you move Christian Fulton. So then Breon Borders comes in. So your your number, you compromise two things to fix one. I can't. I, I can't. I can't. But that, that was BS. Uh, yeah, it, it really was. Okay, and, you know so. So you kind of take everything with a grain of salt. So you say, okay, they don't want to – reason why he said that is he doesn't want to ruin the confidence that they have in him because eventually he will be out there, whether it's this year or next year. Yeah. And sometimes you get forced and you have no choice as a coach because you only have limited amount of players. So, you know, if, some, if Fulton can't go and he did play with an ankle injury uh, from the last game and then, he, you know, kind of bothered him a little bit this last game, Molden's probably getting a lot of reps yeah. or, or will – uh, this week, uh, and sometimes that has to do with why coaches aren't playing other guys because they're not really getting a rep, especially when you're young, and they need to see everything. And not to say they won't make mistakes, regardless. Right. Uh, but uh, and they also trying to protect them, you know, at the same time. Uh, but to me, when you got a guy that you draft, and just because he messed up on a play or two, I, I don't know what happened in the, the Seahawks game that he pulled him. But you can't let that rest in the back of your head and think, okay, now I'm not going to play a guy. I mean, it's not a big proponent of that. How about this? You start slightly easing him and give him a series here or there. Hey, it may it may cost you a first down, right. uh, but you hopefully that he doesn't give up. And then you start gaining confidence in him, and he starts gaining confidence in what he is capable of doing. And that's really the hardest part when you're a defensive back in the National Football League is understanding the things that you can get away with and the things that you can't, based off your talent. Mm. Uh, and I think what he's finding out is, you know, in these deep routes, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a struggle. I got to know where my help is and where I can take risk and, and what leverage I'm supposed to be at so I can make sure I'm there to, to get my help so I can say, well, it wasn't my fault. I mean, 
he didn't run an outside route. I had outside leverage. I'm running the defense. Or if they call, uh, they run outside, you know, he's outside leverage, and they run an inside route, and he has to catch tackle. And they go, oh, man, that was third and three. Why didn't you play him inside out? Well, then he'll start understanding I got to play him heads up, make him fool him right before the snap, and then play outside leverage, and then hug him, and then I can make a, a PBU, right. pass breakup for all those who don't know what that is. So those are the little things because I, 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 I've been there. I was a nickel, right. and I, I used to get perturbed. We call outside leverage in the slot, and then we're just giving the slant. They go, oh, well, you got the linebacker there. No, no, the linebacker's not going to be there. He's going to bite up on that little play-action pass that call with the ball, and he's going to go, ooh, I like cheese, and then <laughs> you got a guy, and you got to be there to make that tackle. Right. So I just start figuring it out. Well, you know what? When they call outside leverage, and we, and we call it a two-squeeze, Let's keep it as simple, which means we're outside leverage. I'm going to play this thing inside. And if he runs outside, I better make sure I be right there on him. Because Coach is like, hey, you were supposed to be on the outside leverage. How did he catch an outside route? Well, guess this is the easiest pass, the one that's inside. Yeah. So I'm going to take that away first. And then I'll play through an outside throw. But guess what? You start understanding. Then you start playing with it. I'm going to play inside, outside. You start realizing how you have to play it and become a smarter player as time goes on. But at first, your head is spinning with all the different coverages you have. And, and as soon as somebody motions, you change to this and you do this. I mean, you start getting a little confused. But when you make it simplistic about what I need to do to be the best I can be and make a play, then this is what I got to do. So you got to figure that out. Well, they'd be, be real interested to see. Vrabel didn't really offer much on the injuries yesterday. It'll be real interested to see. Does, does Chris Jackson come back this week who's healthy uh, after just the – What's on the report, though? Did he – I remember he was out for a hamstring earlier, right, in preseason. And and so I don't know if that's it's the same injury because he kind of went out. I don't – a lot of players got hurt, but I don't remember him ever sitting down on the field and them coming to address him. So I don't I don't know what happened to him, and I hate when I don't see the guy and then because they all replay it and show it over and it was a lot of players who went down. But I just don't recall ever seeing Chris Jackson, so I'm wondering if it was maybe the hammy acting up again. So yeah. we'll find it and we'll we'll come back in. And Coach Mack definitely not going to tell us who's injured because he doesn't know either. But he will give us the Mac attack when we ask some questions. And by the way, if you want to call us in and uh, call us in and ask Coach Mack some questions, Mickey. No doubt. Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, 615-737-1045. Call in, ask Coach Mack a question because he is coming up next right here on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. It is the return of the Mac. Coach Mack, who joins us now. Coach Mack, uh... Sun came up on Monday, tough loss to the Jets. But uh, if you can, you got a you got a couple days experience in the NFL. People seem to look at the NFL football sometimes like college football. Well, like you're playing the Citadel this week, maybe you'll just you know you'll look ahead to Alabama next week. Nobody looks past anybody. Can we put an end to the whole trap game thing? Well, first of all, good afternoon, uh, Mickey Blaine. Uh, yeah, look, everybody. This league now is set up. When I first got into the league, when there was no free agency and no salary cap, you could put together a team that, that uh, if you did it right, could be decidedly better than somebody else for quite a while. And, and we've seen some dynasties pre 
uh, you know, pre-free agency and, and, and pre-salary cap that, that were done like that. Now it's not that way. And the other thing that is a mitigating factor is also how healthy you are when you play somebody. But the fact nobody ever overlooks anybody. All you got to do is go back and rewind the tape of what we talked about last week when we were previewing the right. Jets. And pretty much delineated, you know, the things that you that that they were strong at that you needed to look out for. So yeah, you, you can you can put that to rest. I mean that that's that's now what you can't put to rest is is regardless of what the circumstances are going into a ball game that you need to win the game. And and that's the that's the issue because every game is precious. We all know that. And so the 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 ill feelings and also the despair of some that come with losing a ball game it's real. It really is because you don't get that many chances in the national football game. But thinking that people overlook teams in this league, just not true. Dave McGinnis brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. If you need great health care coverage and affordable price, you can let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They got you covered. Coach Mack, Blaine always likes to tell the fans, hey, we got Coach Mack on. You can ask him questions. So we got Andrew and we got Ryan who both have questions for you. So let's hit the phone. You cool with that? No, that's outstanding. And plus, Tuesdays is why I really like it because I get to take – uh, callers on your show and then we've got a whole hour of mac talk at six o'clock tonight oh. from six to seven that, that uh rhett and i take every call that our, our our listeners uh you know call in it's always full i'm always willing to do that that's what i love about what i do now so absolutely let's go yeah mac talk as much listen y'all remember that six o'clock tonight andrew in portland though will be up first with coach mac right now andrew thank you for calling Absolutely. I'll be honest with you, Coach Mack. I was originally calling with a question for Blaine because I didn't know you were coming up, but it's even better. I get to ask you and hopefully get some of Blaine's input as well. Um, how do you explain, or, or how, I guess, is it just the fans seeing the Titans only, but the inconsistencies week to week? I mean, you, you can go with, you can go as far back as easily Coach Frable's tenure, and we can beat teams that we have no business beating, especially a couple of years ago like Kansas City. Um, but then we lose to teams that we have no business losing to, like the Jets. And I, I just don't understand the inconsistency there. Is it just a matter of injuries? Is it coaching? I know it's not overlooking anything, but how do you overcome that as, as, a, as a franchise and an organization? Andrew, first of all, thanks so much for your call. And Blaine and I can both answer that question. I'll go first, and then I'll let him come in from a player's perspective. Yeah. I can tell you from a 31-year coach's perspective, you prepare the same way for everybody. And you understand the ramifications of, of your preparation for every game is exactly the same. Now, circumstances sometimes dictate who you have to play, but at the same time, there, the thing that I will tell you this is, is there is no inconsistencies in the way you prepare. I mean, there, there cannot be, n neither from the coaching aspect nor from the playing aspect of it. But as circumstances arise in the ball game, you have to make the plays when they present themselves. And then if your opponent, if your opponent is making plays, you have to be able to not only adjust to that, you have to answer to those plays. But, but to, to, to think that, that and it really goes very well with the first question that Mickey asked. Nobody overlooks anybody, and and you know, and I understand. I mean, I, I've never understood point spreads in my life, but I do. I, I, I do understand. You know, people get in their minds that you know, well, this team will be an easier team. Well, not necessarily. And and Mickey was very right. There are no easy. There are no division one double A teams on an NFL schedule. So the inconsistencies come when you don't perform. If you don't perform. Anybody of the of the 31 opponents that you play in the National Football League through the years can beat you. So the consistencies have to come in preparation, and then you have to execute because effort 
without execution really doesn't help you much. That's what Mike Vrabel said very well after the ball game, and that's always been something that, that, that I know has been true throughout my coaching career in the National Football League, and I think Blaine will tell you exactly the same thing. Yeah, I think I said something like this yesterday, and that is consistency is what separates great athletes from great from good athletes. And so you can put that same thing with great players, great teams, great athletes, great teams, good teams, good athletes. And the great athletes and great teams always play their A game. They always play their best. The preparation is always going to be the same as Coach uh, Mac just said, but that's the difference between the good teams and the great teams and the good players and the great players because they're all really good talents. Is how you differentiate yourself from the rest. And that's, that's 100% true, and it all comes down to making the plays when they present themselves. Mm-hmm. The plays that you've made in the past make no difference. It's the plays that you make in the present during the ball game that make a difference. And, and you can just go – I mean, I can go through all the 650 games I've ever coached in the National Football League and think, you know, we needed to make this play. We didn't. That's why we came out not so good. Or we made this play. That's why we came out on the good side of it. That's just the truth of it. Coach Mack joining us, uh, Ryan in Nashville. Coach, he's been holding. He wanted you to ask uh, wanted to ask you a question as well. Ryan, uh, s- say hello to Coach Dave McGinnis. Hey, Coach. How are you, sir? Hey, Ryan. Good to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Sir, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, my question is somewhat a playoff of the of the gentleman before me. When when Coach Rabel was a Patriot, and there's a lot to be said for championship lineage and the Belichick era and all those things, but I wanted to note clearly, and, and I mean this humbly, he's no Belichick. And when we watch the talent that the Titans have in each of the positions and have had for years, if when I see Bill Belichick and other great coaches that have disciplined teams come to the table, they can take lesser talent and get more out of them, it seems. Our coach, not being a bad guy, but he has the bravado of kind of, I'm a Belichick, I don't have to answer media questions. If I want to scream my guys or if I want to call one out on a media, you know, and you know, maybe even use a curse word, I'm going to do what it takes to kind of you know, be the man up thing. But I never really hear him manning up for what he's not doing because we have great players, but it seems like we're not terribly disciplined. And then when I watch a Sunday night game with Bill Belichick, who doesn't have more talent, it appears, than we do, but his team flows like a fine-tuned machine. Even though they lost the game, they look different. And I'm just wondering, do we have any liability that comes down to a coach that takes ownership, or do we, as a community, just keep saying, well, that's the players? You know, it, it concerns me, sir. And I know you've forgotten more about coaching than most all of us will ever know about even the game. So I come, I say this very humbly, but do we have more players than we do coach? In other words, if we had a coach that met the criteria of the level of our players, would we have a more successful team? Well, thank you very much for your call. And I can, you know, I can answer all that. First of all, by saying Mike Vrabel uh, always steps up and says, you know, it, it's, it's my responsibility and it's my fault first. I mean, you know, and, and when, when he says, you know, after a loss, I have to do better. And, again, I'm at practice every day. I see how, you know, he's coaching these guys. And, and there's mutual respect, you know, very much back and forth. And, and what it, it comes down to, and it's, 
And, and look, when you are a head coach in the National Football League, there's a lot that comes with it. I can speak to that because I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've held that position before. And when you think about it, there's not very many people that have, that, that have held it. And so when you do, you are the, you are the, the, it all stops with you. You are accountable for everything that happens. But Mike Vrabel from day one has always taken it upon his shoulders and said, it's, you know, it's my responsibility, but also, and we've got Blaine on here as players, it's your, it's everybody's responsibility. When you lose a ball game, when you lose a ball game, let me just tell you what the atmosphere is like. Here's the atmosphere. All of us, all of us did not do enough to get this game won. We did not do enough as coaches. We did not do enough as players. Some may have done more than others. Some may have been involved in more mistakes than others, but still it's an entity. It's everybody together. And Mike Vrabel has always stood up and said, you know, this is, it's my fault. Bill Belichick does the same thing. He's lost ball games and stepped up before. And any head coach in the National Football League that, 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 that wants to garner respect of his team. And first of all, you should have respect when you take it over because you've got a responsibility to a, to a lot of people is you take ownership of everything that happens. And when you do win ball games, you spread out, you spread out the accolades to everybody. That's just the way it is. And Mike Grable does that consistently. Coach Dave McGinnis hanging out here with Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 <laughs> The Zone. Talking tight. Well, Coach, I'm going to start from, uh, I get, you know, we, we lost. But was there a point in time where you thought the Tennessee Titans were in trouble? Because I thought they were in control of the game first half. Second half, it kind of, the, the momentum changed. The defense didn't, uh, I think, step up and play as well. But <laughs> where do you think the momentum changed in the game against the Jets? Well, I think the first three trips inside the red zone where we had to kick field goals. Oh, you know, that, that was number one because, you know, the Titans were moving up and down the field and, 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 and the Jets were giving up, were giving up a yardage, but, but they were forced their reds. And we talked about their red zone defense going into the game. Not many people wanted to hear about it, mm-hmm. but they were number one in the league for a reason. And, you know, I watch, I watch all the tape. I watch tape, and, and I'm not trying to coach anybody else's team, this one nor any of the other 31 in the league, but I know what I see on tape. And, and, and when I said on, on this show last week, that this is a very strong, you know, this is a very strong red zone team. And you had to be able to crack that code the first three times down that, you know, that gave me pause. And then the fact that, that, that we were having, you know, uh, some big problems protecting the quarterback, both with four man rushes and with pressures, when that can start to cascade on you. And, and I said it on the broadcast, not because I know everything, just because I've been in enough of these games. To feel it, you let you let a team hang around and let them start getting more shots at you, and you don't take advantage of the chances that you get, especially to score. Well, then sooner or later they're going to start making plays. And the other thing that happened in this ball game, and and I know you guys have talked about it for two days. I've been on a, a number of shows nationwide talking about it. Is explosive plays are a must in the National Football League. And when you have more explosive plays against you than you are able to than you are able to generate yourself, sooner or later that's going to come back to bite you, and it did this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've watched the, the Jets play. I definitely watched the, the uh, Broncos game the time before. And one thing that stood out to me is like, oh, man, they, they throw the ball a lot to Corey Davis. And I'm thinking going into the game, at some point in time, if you thought, okay, we can handle Corey Davis just with our cornerbacks, why was there ever a point in time where they, they doubled him more so than not? Because really he was the linchpin to their really their whole offense, in my opinion, and Wilson looks to him all the time. Yeah, well, like I say, I'm not going to coach the team, but, but, but I do know that, I mean, going in, 
going in, I, 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 I would think, and I, you know, there's a reason that they brought Corey Davis up there is and paid him all that money. Right. They're going to make it. He's, he's been, he's been, he's been the focal point of, you know, of what they have done. And of course, then, you know, the other, the, the thing about that is too, is that you could see when the quarterback got out on those unscheduled plays to his throwing hand where he was flushed, sides were getting pressure, but flushing him out as he was waving the, the, you know, he, he, he looked at Corey Davis to wait to, to, you know, to, to wave him deep. And so, you know, they were, they were successful in using him. Now, you know, he, he didn't catch everything they threw to him, but the ones that they threw to him were major, major completions. We get this question all the time, Coach, and you've been a D.C. for a long time, let alone a head coach. And I guess talk a little bit about defensive backs and going in, you know, and playing off technique to press technique in certain down and distances uh, based off uh, calls. So give an example and kind of take us through the pro- you know, process, uh, thought process for coaches as well as players. Well, yeah, I mean, you heard you heard Mike Vrabel say it, you know, in his in, in his press conference. He said the one, you know, the, the the one that they completed on third down, the rabbit was too far off of it, you know. And and so it, it always, it, it, you know, you you've got it, you've got to play the sticks, you've got to play your ability, and you've got to play the situation. And so clearly, I mean, I I, I would. I'm not in the meeting rooms, but I would not think that they, you know, that they said, you know, they play off, that, right? play <laughs> off, play off this far. I mean, I just, I just know that. I mean, I, I, I know that. Well, well, I guess one more for me is, sure. are, are you getting to the point where you're starting to be a little concerned with the health conditions of, and I'm talking about the offensive line because the, the pocket was crumbling and it wasn't even a lot of escape time. And, and Tannehill was really uh, getting rid of the ball. I thought, most of the time on time. I mean, you could always be saying just throw it in the, in the ground at somebody's feet. But, man, if we get some more injury on the offensive line, man, we got to figure a way to better protect our quarterback in passing situations. Well, the injuries, the injuries on the offensive line are, are, are an issue. They've been an issue, you know, since training camp. Uh, we've gone all, all back through this, you know. They brought 17 offensive linemen into training camp for that reason, that they knew that they were going to have to be able, you know, to, 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 to bring along, you know, Roger Saffold because of an offseason uh, injury, you know, bring along uh, Taylor Lewan, Ben Jones, you know. So, and then all of a sudden, they, that, that group has just been hit, you know, with, with an epidemic you know, of injuries there. So absolutely, it's, it, it's concerning. I mean, but that's when you get into the season, there's only so many. I mean, you saw you saw the, the players start going down. I mean, I, I thought we were going to run Amy Wells to death on the sideline with Titans Radio trying to go and get injury reports, you know, on the <laughs> offensive linemen as they were going down. So sure, it's a concern. I mean, it absolutely is, and it's a concern, you know, now because now you're into the season, and and people say, well, just go get somebody else. Well, somebody else's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's they're they're, they're not out there. They're not out there, or they or they or they be on one of the 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 other thirty one teams and the other or our team also on the practice squad. So yes, that is that 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 is absolutely concerning, and so that to me again injuries in the National Football League. I, I've said this before. I've been a head coach. During a season, there are two things that, that just keep a head coach up at night that you don't want. You don't want calls after midnight, oh, all right, man. first of all, any day of the week. And you don't, you don't want, to, want an influx of injuries to your team. And so that's – and you, it's, you have to overcome it because at the end of it all, it doesn't matter. You've got to go win the game, and sometimes you're going to have to manufacture ways to win the game if you can. Let's go back to that Houston game that – that uh, you know, early on in Coach Vrabel's career against the against the, the Texans here at home, when we had no tackles, 
And so, you know, you go yeah. to the wildcat. I mean, and, and it's not, you can't always just be gimmicky. Soon, sooner or later, you got to step up and you've got you've to gotta be able to, to make, uh, make the plays, make the blocks, make whatever you have to do, cover your man. All of those things have to happen. And if they don't, on a consistent basis, sometimes you open yourself up for some disappointment. Yeah. We're on with Coach Mack giving us the business. Real talk here with Coach Mack. Hey, on the way out, Coach, Dylan Raiden's played a whole lot in the preseason. We obviously haven't seen haven't seen, well, I guess, in any of them so far this season. What did you see from him in the preseason that you thought, okay, these are the things he's got to improve on to help this team because they are hurting on the offensive line, and it, it, it'll be great when he can start stepping in and taking some of those calls. Well, yeah, you could see a rookie that came in from a smaller program that was going to have to, you know, was going to have to learn physically and mentally how to how to how to play in there. And and I'll say this, I'll say this, Mickey, if if if, if the coaching staff, the coaching staff, the offensive coaching staff, and the head coach thought that that, that, that he could be an immediate help before now, he would have been in there. Sure. And so you know he's he's been practicing and and you know when his time comes now, as you say, because of the injuries. You know, he may be in there sooner than he would maybe even be ready, but uh, because he's a healthy body right now, he's absolutely somebody that, that, that has to be considered if the, these injuries continue to, to not, only, not only happen, but these injuries continue to linger. That is, that, that is the issue. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, you're 100% correct. When you've, got, when you've got healthy bodies and all of a sudden you start going down, you know, you may not be, you know, ready for, you know, for everything, but you can certainly get in there and help if people are injured and can't. And that's whatever, what people need to understand, too. You're not holding people out just because you want to. If they're injured and can't play, you can't play them. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. And right now, we've got some injuries with some key, key people that are out. And, again, that's no excuse. You've got to overcome it, and you've got to win ball games. And that's just the life in the National Football League. Live continues on Sunday in Jacksonville at noon, and you can hear Coach Mack and Mike Keith call that game at high noon. Coach, uh, always great catching up with you. Thanks for the time today, sir. Yeah, absolutely, and I love the two callers. And as I said, uh, Rhett and I have got Mack talk tonight at 6 o'clock for an hour. We'll take an hour of calls. Love to talk to the people and uh, just let them emote about what's going on, and I will answer it to the best of my ability. We know you always do. My family will be listening while we eat our dinner, just like always, Coach. You, uh, you'll be yeah, right there at the table ever with us. Ups, I don't want to ever upset the Ryan's dinner table. I've told you that before. <laughs> don't blame me for that. <laughs> Too late, man. We'll be listening. Have a good night, Coach. Six o'clock, Mac. See you guys. Appreciate Thank you, Coach. you. Coach Mac and Rhett Bryan. Uh, when we come back, we'll, we're going to give game balls to somebody. We got game balls from Sunday's game. If you've got some, hit us on Twitter at Blaine and Mickey or in the Zone TV chat or right there on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, 615-737-1045. Blaine and Mickey, 1045, The Zone. Yeah, Titans. Titans and Jets. I'm glad there were no cell phone cameras. I'm just going to tell you all a quick story here. When Every time I hear the song, I just cringe. When I was in high school, my best friend and I, we always had a band, and for a while, took, we couldn't find a singer. We were like, screw it, we'll be the singers. We'll be the singers. <laughs> yeah, singing, y'all were horrible. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, were y'all horrible. Oh, horrible. <laughs> oh, I remember. I, that was they one had, of the they had flip phones then, huh? No. They, they had the big phones? No, they had rotary <laughs> dial phones. They had party lines. They, <laughs> Man, uh, if yeah, cell yeah. phone cameras had existed, like, uh, rotary. What is that? I would, you know, 
I remember, yeah. Our my grandma's house had one. You've seen my pictures of those. My grandmother still had those phones, man. My grandmother I had them till loved it. Yeah, my grandmother ha- was shared a phone line with everybody on her gravel road that she lived on. Mm-hmm. You would have to get on there. Sometimes you'd use the phone at her house, and you'd hear <sighs> it was Miss Pipkin down the road. You like Miss Pipkin? I can hear you. Oh, sorry, I didn't know you was on here. Click. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a chicken. On her road that the neighbor had that laid uh, colored eggs. Her neighbor down the road had a chicken that laid this. Did she use it for Easter? I mean, we just ate them. (laughs) We ate them. We're saving eggs. What are you talking about? It's a country, man. We ate the eggs. But yeah, there's a if uh, there's there's a memory in my head of me trying to sing "Sharp Dressed Man" that will haunt me for the rest of my life. Uh, we got to give game balls away. This won't haunt us, hopefully, just for the rest of the segment. The Titans weren't able to obviously pull it out. Against the Jets, but there were some guys who who did some things. Mm-hmm. There were people who did things just like there always are. So Lucas Panzica, who is back with us today after a uh, he went on a hiatus. Oh, he did. He put himself on hiatus. Yeah. Yes, a one day hiatus. Yeah. Uh, who you got? Game balls for the Tennessee Titans. By the way, you can hit us in the zone chat. You can call Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline six one five seven three seven one zero four five or tweet us at Blaine and Mickey. Special teams give it to Morgan Cox. Long snapper never gets any love. He's one of the best in the league. Uh, he's the only one who didn't really have a mistake on special teams on Sunday. On defense, I'm giving it to Harold Landry. I saw this stat from Dove Kleiman. Harold Landry has the most quarterback pressures in the NFL this season. He has 23. Joey Bosa has 22. Miles Garrett is 21. And Mike Herndon, Mike Miracles put it well on Buck's show earlier. When Ryan Tannehill gets sacked, it feels like the co- pocket's just collapsing around him. Right when when Harold Landry or when the Titans are applying pressure, feels like it's Harold Landry or maybe somebody else buzzing into the backfield was the term Mike used in getting home, but there's not enough help often enough. So Harold Landry for me on defense and offensively, Michael Pruitt. He just had the one catch for 14 yards, but he's shown value at that position and has shown he can be kind of a safety valve at tight end when you're missing guys like Anthony Ferkser who played on Sunday but didn't look 100%, kind of dropped the ball there late. Yeah. That could have set them up for a touchdown in overtime. They probably could have won. His momentum, I think, would have carried him into the end zone. Mm-hmm. Talking about that Ferk throw. Uh, Vols to the wall on Blaine and Mickey. Twitter says, I'm giving my game ball to Landry, but we do have to get quarterbacks on the ground, he says. So he agrees with you, Lucas. Landry, what about you? Yeah, I definitely agree Blaine with the Landry. Uh, yeah, I said that yesterday about, you know, the you know not getting a lot of pressure to you know, the quarterback. Pressure uh, all the time up through the middle as well. So I'm giving it to Landry. He's he's been consistent, as I was saying before, about being great and being good. So he's been consistently really good. Yeah, he's trying to get paid, right? (laughs) Uh, On offense, it's easy to go with uh, Henry, but I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to go with uh, Jeremy McNichols. I thought he did a great job on the screens, well-designed. I know that they ran it into the ground. The last one didn't work, but vital third down – you know, plays that uh, kept the drives alive. So I, I liked him. And then it's really hard to see on TV copy, uh, really, you know, what everybody's doing on special teams. Kicker missed a field goal. Punter had a shank. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Chester Rogers uh, on the punt returns. I still think he's doing a solid job returning punts. Yeah, he gets my uh, he gets my special teams game. Box three, four, four, uh, three for 44 on punt returns. Yeah, I mean, if you get double-digit yards average on your punt returns, that that's a first yeah. down. I mean that's uh that's all Jeff Fisherism. Really I remember him saying that once. A punt return needs to get a first down. I think I've even heard Mike Vrabel say that. Maybe a lot of people say it. 
Uh, but he did three uh, for forty-four. I went with Danico Audrey from Autry for my defensive. Oh yeah, he did game well. ball. He had a play that kind of saved their butts in overtime. Ooh, yeah. That stopped the where it was him. It was one on one mano a mano, and boy, he made a great play for a big old dude out in space. Ooh, uh, I was probably more excited about him than any free agent free agent acquisition, just because I thought he and Big Jeff might team up and just terrorize the world and. I haven't really seen the full reign of Terry yet that I would like to see. <laughs> and Derrick Henry, 35 touches. I know it's a cliche to give it to him, uh, but I'm giving it to him. Jacob in the zone TV chat says he's giving the game ball to Urban Meyer's thumb. Oh. <laughs> Good note to end on. We cannot even say happy Tuesday on that. We, just, <laughs> we can say this, though. Everybody is media, Urban. And everybody else out there listening, everybody's media. Because why? Their phone has a camera. Always. So, so be careful out there because everybody, as Ramon would say, the mic is hot, everybody's phone is hot. Yes, it so is. So be careful out there. And as always, peace. peace.